It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand, and Happy Easter. I hope that this weekend you're going to be searching for those eggs from Peter Cottontail. The Easter Bunny is coming to town. You can learn the story of the first Easter rabbit and so much more, whether you're spending that time with the family, eating some wonderful decorated eggs, lots of chocolate, Cadbury, going to mass and services with your family, no matter what. Happy Easter to all of you D-Heads. And this week for show number 142, our Easter show. Like I said, we're getting ready for Easter bonnets, parades, music, the Easter Bunny peeps, chocolate, Cadbury, and so much more. We are welcoming none other than author Randy Crane here to the show. Now, Randy is a podcaster as well as an author who's wrote such books as Once Upon Your Time and Faith in the Magic Kingdom. And Randy's going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things. What led him down the path to become an author, writing these books, how it's impacted other people's lives, his daily trips to the Magic Kingdom at Disneyland, being an all-new father, Easter, memories, and what's in store for the future for author Randy Crane. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. That's right. And this week, the team is going to be stopping in with some Easter wishes for you, some special Easter messages and memories just for all of you D-Heads, as well as their signature segments. Because you have the questions and he has the answers, and Aaron is going to answer all your questions and I want to know. We have Cody, who's taking that trip once again with this week's Hollywood Walk. We have Nathan, who's dusting off the books and uncovering what just happened this week in Disney history. We have Nathan, who's going deep into the vault with another Blu-ray a DVD that you want to add to your collection, especially for your Easter and springtime viewing. We have Paige coming at you from the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World with another magical music review with some fantastic songs that you're going to want to add for some Easter enjoyment here this weekend. We have tons of news hot off the D-Wire from the Magic Kingdom, Disneyland, the Disney Channel, Disney Springs clothing line, apps, entertainment, and so much more. So we have a lot of fun lined up as our full-out Easter show is here this week for all of you D-heads. So before I jump into this week's show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Mickey's Travel. And Mickey'sTravel.com is a no-fee free agency that's going to help you plan, book, and arrange the most magical Walt Disney World vacation that you could possibly have. From dining reservations, tickets, extended hours, booking that resort, they are going to walk you through every step and make it the most magical and help you make those memories in a flawless way while you book that trip through them at Mickey's Travel. And remember, if you mentioned that you heard about them here at Diz Radio, you're going to hook you up. That's right, lanyards, autograph books, and all kinds of goodies. Who doesn't want an autograph book jam-packed with autographs from Mickey, Minnie, and all the gang? So remember to mention that you heard about them here at Diz Radio. So check them out, mickeystravel.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all VD heads, as I said, you might be getting ready for you know Easter mass services here this weekend with your family. Also, Easter bonnets, parades, music, and so much more. I myself am ready for some Cadbury eggs fresh out of the fridge. Yes, I like them nice and cold 
fresh out of the fridge. So there's a lot of fun things on the horizon. So let's officially kick off show number 142 for the week of March 24th, 2016, the same way I always start every single one of our Easter shows with one of my favorites, the Easter Bunny is coming to town. Are you ready for him? Be right back, all VD heads, and let's kick off our Easter weekend. Hey, the sun's about to come up, and that means just one thing for sure. The Easter Bunny is coming to town today. Here's hoping he's hippity-hopping your way. So straighten your bonnets and shine up all your shoes. And hurry, there's no time to lose. The Easter Bunny is coming to town today. He's riding an engine instead of a sleigh. Don't blink for even a second or he'll be gone. He puffs in at quarter to dawn. He'll be filling Easter baskets, he'll be rolling eggs like mad, green in everything that's winter clad. The Easter Bunny is coming to town today. Here's hoping he's hippity hopping your way. So get your brushes and paints, give him a hand. It's Eastern throughout all the land. Hey again, D-Heads, it's Nathan. I just wanted to stop by and and wish uh, you and your families a very happy and blessed Easter. I really hope that everybody can make some time. And uh, like like I always say in... A lot of my greetings. Just make some time for family and be thankful for what you have. Make sure you make some good memories, you know? I mean, even the small stuff those days counts. Uh, You know, be a little silly with your egg hiding. Hide some in an unusual spot that you normally wouldn't. Mix it up a little bit. Uh, Take a little extra time at your dinner or lunch or breakfast with your families, you know, just to show how much you appreciate them and that you have them in your lives. Um, You know, enjoy the weather. Hopefully we're breaking out of this uh, time period of everybody blaming the groundhog and saying that he's incorrect this year, which I gotta say, I'm kind of hopping on that bandwagon a little bit, being a uh, Illinois slash Missouri native, but um, hopefully we've got some good weather, maybe you can get outside and maybe mix it up instead of some ham, try some grilling, you know, throw some ham out on the grill, make something a little festive, but... uh, Anyways, I just want to wish you all a happy Easter again. I hope it's a very nice, relaxing weekend and a week following that. And uh, I hope you and your families have a great time. I will see you soon. A kingdom full of endless dreams for every girl and boy. Stands and make believe will fill your heart with joy. A castle is the entranceway to seven lands and more. Step inside our story book, imagine what's in store. It's all pure magic, wrapped up in pixie dust. In pixie dust. Welcome to a place where dreams come true. A timeless journey through 
Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. 1999 Walt Disney World Happy Easter Parade. In the Magic Kingdom, join two of ABC's brightest stars, Sabrina's Caroline Ray, and from the Hughleys, D.L. Hughley. And turning up the heat at Epcot, special musical guests, 98 degrees. At Disney's Animal Kingdom, get wild with country superstar Colin Ray. From the Disney MGM Studios, pop sensation Britney Spears. Plus, you'll see history in the making as we attempt to set the Guinness Book of World Records for the world's largest bunny hop. And now, your host for this Easter extravaganza, Caroline Ray and D.L. Hughley. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Caroline Ray, and with me is the incomparable, the sensational, the unmistakable, D.L. Hughley himself. Caroline, please. We don't have all day. What am I saying? We, we just started. We got plenty of time. Feel free to pal it on. Well, let me just start off by saying Happy Easter, D.L. And Happy Easter, you too, Caroline. I am so thrilled to be here. The crowd is pumped. Spring is in the air. It's very Eastery. Eastery? That's not a word. It is today. If you say so. And we've got some of the hottest singers here. Today, Britney Spears, 98 Degrees, and Colin Ray. Plus, we're going to attempt to set a Guinness World Record for the world's largest bunny hop. 
Now see, this is so exciting, I'm breaking out in a sweat. So what do you say we stop all the friendly banner and get right down to the parade? All right then, bossy pants. Let's get to the parade. Hey, this is Randy Crane, author of Faith and the Magic Kingdom and Once Upon Your Time, and you are listening to Disney On Demand. I can't believe it. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 142 for the week of March 24th, 2016, as we are celebrating Easter all show long here at Disney On Demand. That's right, Easter bonnets, parades, music, the Easter Bunny, peeps, chocolate, Cadbury eggs, and so much more, as we're going to be celebrating Easter, having lots of fun, and gearing up for our special guest to celebrate Easter with us as well, author Randy Crane, author of Once Upon Your Time, Faith in the Magic Kingdom, as he's going to be stopping in and chatting with all of you D-heads as well. We have the D-team here with Aaron, Cody, Nathan, Jason, and Paige, and lots of fun things. Now, I'm going to keep this show a little bit light, as I do every Easter. You know that. Our Easter shows are always just filled with fun and a little more relaxing, something that you want to just play in the background and have those eggs to die with and so much more. So before I jump into news hot off the D-wire, I do want to mention all the different ways that you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, memes, the podcast archives, and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can join our Facebook group, the D-Wire Disney Discussion Group, on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, magical quirky little show and remember if you want to get the latest shows right there on your mobile device your iphone your android and more right away because you just need that magic in your ears instantly it's simple enough all you got to do is go to itunes and stitcher radio and subscribe right there it is that simple and you'll get the magic in your ears as soon as it gets released for you to have that lifetime of disney right there in your ears from us every single week and remember you can find all of these links and more on our official website at dizradio.com dizradio.com so all of you DS, with that said I'm not going to give you too much news here this week I'm going to give you just enough and I'm going to talk about a little bit of what we do at Easter as well in the Johnson household so let's just jump into that news right away and how about a mom praising Disney World characters for a touching tribute to her deceased daughter. Yes, a mom wrote a touching note to a Disney cast member at the Walt Disney World Resort after a character's thoughtful tribute to the woman's deceased daughter. Now, Janice Marine Murphy shared two images on Facebook on March 21st of the park's fairy godmother holding and hugging a purple teddy bear. The bear holds the ashes of Murphy's infant daughter, Annalise, who passed away shortly after birth on February 11th, according to her blog. Now, the fairy godmother interacted with the teddy bear just as she would with any other child in the park. And Murphy had wrote, when you hugged her and kissed her cheek, you made me feel like Annalise mattered to you. Now, Murphy's touching Facebook post went viral, and it was shared over 25,000 times with people sending kind words to both Murphy and the fairy godmother. Now, as they have released, what a legacy you are leaving for your daughter, sending so much love and hugs, commented one user on her blog alone. Now, many people could relate with losing a child and more, but Disney just said they wanted to let you know 
that a message and picture did reach the fairy godmother as well as other wonderful friends at the Magic Kingdom. That right there shows you how Disney always makes it magical. It takes that step above and took something that was heart-wrenching and heartbreaking and made it magical for this woman. So hats off to you, Disney, once again for showing that everybody matters and you never know how you're going to touch someone's life. Now, moving aside here, let's get into some music. And how about some Flowrider? I know, it doesn't sound like something I listen to, but how about Flowrida and Laura Morano to perform at the Radio Disney Music Awards? Yes, Flowrida and Laura Morano have joined a star-studded lineup of artists set to perform at the 2016 Radio Disney Music Awards on April 30th at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. Now, Flowrida's song, I Don't Like It, I Love It, is nominated for So Happy, Best Song That Makes You Smile, and the tune had a 15-week run on Radio Disney's Top 30. His latest single, My House, has spent 17 weeks on the Radio Disney charts as well, including a week in the number one spot. Now, everybody knows Murano, best known for starring as a singer and songwriter, Allie Dawson on the hit Disney Channel comedy series, Austin and Allie, is also going to host For the Record with Laura Murano, a weekly show on Radio Disney that takes listeners through the experience of recording her first solo pop album with Big Machine Records. The 2016 Radio Disney Music Awards are also going to mark the first broadcast performance of her debut single, Boombox. Now, previously announced performers also include Ariana Grande, DNCE, Haley Steinfeld, and many others. Now, if you are ready to vote for the 2016 Radio Disney Music Awards, you can do that through Sunday, April 10th at Disney.com slash RDMA. And you can go there, vote, and more. And you can also get the Radio Disney app, Google One Box, as well as Radio Disney's Facebook and Twitter profiles. Now, if you want to check out the Radio Disney Music Awards, it's going to air on Disney Channel with a two-hour show starting at 7 p.m. on May 1st. Definitely check it out, and, uh, you know, come on. You can't go wrong with a good award show, and maybe you want to move on from MTV and hit up some Radio Disney. Now, moving along here, let's get into some other treats here with news. And how about Easter treats that are available at the Walt Disney World Resort? Yes, Easter at the Walt Disney World Resort can be a magical experience, and everybody knows. And it wouldn't be complete without a few special treats. Chocolate eggs are on display at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, and the chocolate eggs are designed and decorated very intricately by Grand Floridian Pastries team, and they're on display in the lobby and will be there until April 5th, according to the Disney Parks blog. Now, guests are also encouraged to check out a special menu at BOMA, Flavors of Africa at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Easter Day, which will include one mimosa per paying adult, plus zebra domes, mini cheesecakes, peel and eat shrimp, mixed green salad, watermelon tomato salad, blue cheese, and so much more. So there's going to be a lot of great activities, including, like I said, all the items on display at the Grand Floridian. You can't go wrong with the decorating at the Disney resorts. They always go above and beyond. It's always fantastic. They're always gorgeous. So Easter treats are available to eat and, of course, to look at at the Walt Disney World Resort this week. Now, also, talking about the Walt Disney World Resort, let's get into October and Halloween. I know, we're just celebrating Easter. And no, I'm not going to get into our not-so-scary Halloween celebration here at Diz Radio. But how about Disney to allow costumes at the not-so-scary Halloween party this October, but slightly different? 
That's right, the Disney Parks blog has announced this last Wednesday that even though a new dress code at the park bans costumes worn by guests 14 and older, an exception will be made for special theme park events, like Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Now, the costume ban was put in part by a company-wide security enhancements, which included the installment of metal detectors and banning toy guns at the Disney Parks. Now, while adults will now be allowed at a special event, there's still a few rules. Now, according to the blog, guests ages 14 and older are strongly discouraged from wearing layered costumes or costume props that surround the entire body, and also guests aren't allowed to wear any costumes that contain weapons or objects that resemble or could easily be mistaken for weapons, costumes that drag on the ground, or headgear that covers the face. Now, plastic lightsabers, fairy wings, toy swords, and tutus are always acceptable at the Disney parks. Now, there are a lot of different things that they are going to have as well, but come on, at least we can dress up for the Halloween party. That's important. Now, since we were talking about Halloween, let's get into Christmas. Yes, it doesn't slow down. And how about the very merry Christmas party? All the different fun things at the Disney parks for Christmas and the Christmas party dates have been released. That's right. The official dates for the Christmas party have been released in November 7th, 8th, 10th, 11th, 13th, 15th, 18th, 27th, and 29th, and December 1st, 2nd, 4th, 6th, 8th, 9th, 11, 13, 15, 16, 18, and 22. That's right, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party at the Magic Kingdom has those dates announced, and I'm not going to go through them again, because, come on, who wants to hear me ramble them off? You can look at them. That's the whole idea. You can Google it, find it. I'm just giving you the information. But there is going to be a lot of fun things that they are going to have as part of it. They're going to have a totally Tomorrowland Christmas, holiday wishes where you can celebrate the season fireworks and so much more including frozen and all kinds of goodies they're even going to have a frozen holiday wish that is a stage show that's going to be taking place in front of the magic kingdom so lots of fun things that uh, are coming but i'm not going to go too far because you know come on it's easter we're celebrating easter we're here for our easter celebration so with that I'm just going to leave that at news. That's going to be the end of news here this week. That's right, D-Heads. I am cutting it very short for news because we have fun. It's Easter. I hope you're playing this show, Dying Easter Eggs. Now, remember, dying, D-Y-E-I-N-G, right? You're not D-Y-I-N-G because I hope you're not killing the eggs. That would be so sad. But, you know, I hope you're dying the eggs. I hope you're, you know, getting out there, having fun, making memories with your family, getting your Sunday best. Who doesn't want their Sunday best, right? In your Easter bonnet and everything else. So with that, I'm just going to say, you know, for Easter in our house, you know, being a father of four kids, it's always fun. And, you know, for us, one of our fondest memories, most people set up cameras and capture Santa Claus. Some people are sitting there trying to capture a leprechaun. In our house, a couple of years ago, maybe if anyone asks, I will show you the picture, we captured the Easter Bunny hiding baskets in our house. Yes. Let's just say it was fantastic. We caught the Easter Bunny right there in the spot. The flash totally caught him by surprise. And for some of you parents out there, it's not what you're thinking either. If you really are interested, let me know, and I will post it on our Facebook page. But that was a fondest memory. The kids still talk about it to this day, how we captured the Easter Bunny. Now, on top of that, nothing would be complete because you know on top of Disney, I love Rankin and Bass. That's right, anything Rankin Bass. But everybody knows them for their Christmas specials. But what about their Easter specials? Everybody loves the beloved Burl Ives, right? We all love Burl Ives. He's a Disney icon. Well, how about his narrated animated feature from Rankin and Bass, The First Easter Rabbit? 
Or how about Fred Astaire reprising his role from Santa Claus is Coming to Town to The Easter Bunny is Coming to Town? And let's not forget, here comes Peter Cottontail. On top of that, you have Winnie the Pooh, Springtime with Rue, as well as the Easter Beagle, Charlie Brown. And let's not forget one of the newest classics, Hop fantastic as well so we're always watching great things as well and dying those easter eggs and having fun and of course when it comes time for easter sunday i will be attending mass and services now i know that's not for all of you d heads out there so you know however you celebrate it fantastic but we all get in our sunday best we'll go to mass and uh, celebrate easter together and go out for a fantastic brunch that is going to be filled with all kinds of goodies and that's hopefully if we're not too full from eating all the easter candy so lots of great things i love celebrating these kind of holidays i wish spring was in the air here in the studios we actually got four inches of snow right now maybe it'll melt before easter sunday but I'm not holding out for it. Where the studios are located, four inches of snow. Crazy. So all of you D-Eds, I'm going to let you go. We have the D-Team stopping in with Aaron, Cody, Nathan, Jason, and Paige. We're gearing up for the one and only author himself, Randy Crane, who's going to be stopping in here as well. So before I let you go, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Mickey's Travel. It's a 100% no-fee free agency that's going to help you plan, book, and get your most magical Walt Disney World vacation that you could possibly have. From booking dining reservations, character experiences, your resort, getting your tickets, they are going to help you plan and book and make the most magical trip from your Walt Disney World vacation for you and your family. And on top of that, just by mentioning Diz Radio, yeah, you're going to get autograph books, lanyards, and all kinds of goodies just for mentioning that you heard about them here at the show. So remember, mention that you heard about them here at Diz Radio, and definitely use Mickey'sTravel.com, a trusted Walt Disney World trip planner since 1994. Check them out at Mickey'sTravel.com. So all of you D-heads, happy Easter. We're going to continue on the path here with the Easter Bunny. Get in your Easter bonnet with all the frills upon it, and we're going to continue on for show number 142 for the week of March 24th, 2016. Happy Easter once again, all of you D-heads, and I'm getting ready for Peter Cottontail to come. With all the frills upon it, you'll be the grandest lady in the Easter parade. I'll be all in clover, and when they look you over, I'll be the proudest fella in the Easter parade on the avenue. Fifth Avenue The photographers will snap us And you'll find that you're In the road to grab your I could write a sonnet About your Easter bonnet And of the girl I'm taking To the Easter parade on the avenue, Fifth Avenue, 
The photographers will snap us And you'll find that you're In the rotogravure Oh, I could write a sonnet About your Easter bonnet And of the girl I'm taking To the Easter What does springtime mean to you? Spring cleaning day. No way! Springtime means... All the flowers are blooming. <laughs> we get to go hunt Easter eggs. Makes me feel downright peaceful. <laughs> are you ready for your very first Easter egg hunt? You bet! Join Winnie the Pooh. My tummy and I have been so looking forward to this day. And his friends in an all-new movie. The grandest Easter ever. How exciting. Winnie the Pooh. Springtime with Rue. Sounds awfully festive. Hello, this is Haley Mills. And you're listening to Disney On Demand. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Spring bake time here in Arkansas, and Easter is Sunday. Hope everyone is enjoying this time of year. Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Randy Tremper from Georgia, and he writes... Diz Radio, I was wondering about something in Summer Magic. First, is there a true soundtrack available anywhere for it? Second, in the film Burl Ives' son, was he the guy in Scrooge with Bill Murray, who was the bum? He looks a lot like him. And finally, in the film, where was it filmed at? Thanks for the answers. Well, Summer Magic is a 1963 Walt Disney Productions film starring Haley Mills, Burl Ives, and Dorothy McGuire in a story about a Boston widow and her children taking up residence in a small town in Maine. The soundtrack was released on LP in 1963. An interesting fact, on the front porch is songwriter Robert Sherman's personal favorite song from his own work. Michael J. Pollard played Digby Popham, and he also played Herman in Scrooged. The movie was filmed at Walt Disney Studios in Burbank, California. Our next question is from Teresa Waters of Plano, Texas, and she writes, Disney Podcast, question on Easter at Disney World. Do they still have an Easter parade? I know they never show them on TV anymore, but does the park still have one? And while there's nothing speaks to spring and Easter to me than Mary Poppins, can you meet her and Bert anywhere? Thank you so much as we head down for the spring break. Well, there isn't a specific parade for Easter, there are some special appearances for the holiday. The bunnies make a special pre-parade appearance at 2.45 p.m. on March 26th and 27th, along with other springtime characters and dancers in the Azalea Trail Maids. Typically, Mr. and Mrs. Easter Bunny are joined by butterflies, flowers, and dancing hippos for this procession down Main Street, USA. Mary Poppins can be met in the Magic Kingdom in Town Square or in the United Kingdom at Epcot. Unfortunately, Bert 
doesn't appear regularly at Disney World, but like other characters, you never know where he might pop up. Always remember to ask a cast member when you're looking for a specific character, and they can tell you if and when they will be making appearances. Good luck and have a great time at the world. Well, our final question this week is from Jake, and he writes, Diz Radio, love the podcast. Question for the I Want to Know. In Disney's Benji the Hunted, is it available on DVD? Has the director done anything else? And whatever happened to Benji? Are there new films? Your faithful listener. Well, I sure loved the Benji movies growing up. Benji the Hunted is a 1987 film about a dog trying to survive in the wilderness. This was the last Benji movie to star Benjean, daughter of Higgins, in the title role. The movie was released on DVD on January 17, 2006. The first dog to play Benji was a shelter dog named Higgins, trained by Frank N. Higgins also spent almost nine years on the series Petticoat Junction. Later, Higgins' offspring, Benjean, took over the role. Higgins died on November 11, 1975, just four weeks shy of his 18th birthday after a 14-year career. When his trainer and friend, Frank N. died in 2002, Higgins' ashes were buried with him. In the last film released in 2004, Benji Off the Leash, Benji is played by Moochie. He was found at the Humane Society of South Mississippi in Gulfport after a three-month search in shelters all across the country. As far as the director, Joe Camp, he created and directed all the Benji films and the TV show in 1983 called Benji, Zacks, and the Alien Prince. Joe Camp's other credits include Humps in 1976, The Double MacGuffin in 1979, and Oh Heavenly Dog 1980. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads, and happy Easter. Then I saw her face Now I'm a believer Not a trace Of doubt in my mind Walt Disney created some of the most fun and exciting family movies of all time. Now, three great movies full of classic Disney fun are on sale for your whole family to enjoy. In the all-new Walt Disney Film Classics, The Haley Mills Collection. The original pet detective goes undercover in the hilarious crime-busting adventure, That Darn Cat. Who can forget the girl who teaches a whole town to smile in Pollyanna? And your favorite team of double trouble is back to back when long-lost sisters meet for the first time. The Parent Trap, all starring the Hollywood sweetheart we grew up with, Haley Mills. Then I saw her face. Three of your favorite movies ever can be yours to own. The all-new Walt Disney Film Classics, The Haley Mills Collection. Whether you're seeing them for the first time or the hundredth time, you'll be a believer too. On sale everywhere.
Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail, hippity-hoppin' Easter's on its way, bringin' every girl and boy, baskets full of Easter joy, things to make your Easter bright and gay. Got jelly beans for Tommy, colored eggs for Sister Sue. There's an orchid for your mommy, and an Easter bonnet too. Oh, here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail. Hippity hoppity, happy Easter day. Super. Their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. The magnificent Grand Floridian Hotel, just one of the many incredible hotels here at the Walt Disney World Resort. Welcome back, everybody, to Walt Disney World's Happy Easter Parade. I'm Ben Savage, and this is Danielle Fischel, who, if you count the bunny ears, is now wearing her fourth hat of the day. Uh, Danielle, I gotta say, you really outdone yourself this time. No, I haven't. I'm just getting into the spirit of what is coming down Main Street. Okay. You know, Ben, I'm going to be buying my car pretty soon. What do you think about me getting one of those? I think those are pretty Those cool are pretty cars. awesome. I like antique cars. You get to go on very fast on the freeway. <laughs> Probably not, but that's okay. Easter is about a lot of things, and one of them is getting dressed to the nines. Wait, Danielle, what does that mean? Well, you know, back in the day when they actually wore clothes like this, it meant putting on your Sunday best. Okay, so why didn't you just say that? Oh, I'm sorry. I will try to make it a little simpler for you. Thank you. Right now, Main Street is filled with people turned out in traditional Easter parade out. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. No problem. Danielle, here comes your favorite, the hat shop. Well, you know, choosing the right hat is very important, but I don't know if I could pull one of those off. Tell me about it. If I had to wear anything as extreme as those, I might go mad. Guess what? Then you'd be the mad hatter. Ah! ah. <laughs> hey, I thought it was... <laughs> and here they come now, the world-famous Magic Kingdom band. Ben, doesn't a big brass band like that just make you want to get into the parade? No, no, I'm pretty happy just watching it from right where we are. Hi again, D-Heads. Welcome to another installment of This Week in Disney History. I'm Nathan, ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. So as always, branching off that, let's begin. Kicking off this week, let's begin with a throwback to This Week in Diz Radio History with show number 35 from March of 2013, featuring the Crypt Keeper himself, John Cassert. John was also the voice of Miko in Disney's 1995 hit Pocahontas. So jump back with us now and check out another throwback. Now starting out this week in Disney history, we're going to go to 1948, when at the 20th Academy Awards in LA, Disney won two Oscars for the film Song of the South. Ali Rubel and Ray Gilbert win for their song Zippity Doodah, while actor James Baskett wins an honorary award for his heartwarming portrayal of Uncle Remus. This makes Baskett the first black male ever to win an Academy Award, and the first actor to win an Oscar for performance in a Disney feature. Moving on to 1975, the Lake Buena Vista Village, an area of shops along the shores of Lake Buena Vista at Walt Disney World officially opened for business. It's going to provide the first non-park shopping experience at Disney World, and it's promoted 
as a quote-unquote restful shopping atmosphere similar to a New England seaside village. In 1985, the Alpine House restaurant and the Candy Wagon Shop both opened in Tokyo Disneyland. And also in Tokyo Disneyland two years later in 1987, the film Captain EO opens at Tokyo Disneyland's Tomorrowland, and it will be the third Disney park to feature the Michael Jackson film. In 1994, Thunder in Paradise, a one-hour action-adventure TV series, officially debuts. Starring Hulk Hogan and Chris Lemon, the show features Thunder, their high-tech crime-fighting boat, as well as them as mercenaries fighting along Florida's Gulf Coast. The show featured Disney World locales quite a few times during production, with the Grand Floridian itself being a primary filming location. In 2002, Randy Newman's If I Didn't Have You from Disney's Monsters, Inc., is awarded an Oscar for Best Song at the 2001 Academy Awards. In 2006, actress Miley Cyrus stars on Disney Channel's Hannah Montana with the debut episode, Lily, Do You Want to Know a Secret? In 2007, Playbill reports that casting is now complete for Disney's newest musical, The Little Mermaid, which will begin performances at the Denver Center for the Performing Arts' Ellie Calkins Opera House this summer. In 2008, Madame Tussauds, New York, unveils a wax figure of the wildly popular teen actress-singer Miley Cyrus, known for her Disney role of Hannah Montana. In 2009, the much-anticipated five-disc set, Walt Disney and the 1964 World's Fair, is finally released. A rare behind-the-scenes look at Walt Disney's contributions to the fair, it also includes a 24-page full-color book and more than three hours of recordings from the classic attractions themselves and exhibits designed by Disney. In 2012, on the same day the 2011 feature The Muppets is released to DVD and Blu-ray, The Muppets are honored with their own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And in 2014, Aladdin, a stage musical based on the 92 film of the same name, opens on Broadway at the New Amsterdam Theater. And also in 2014, Disney releases the musical comedy Muppets Most Wanted, the sequel to the 2011 film The Muppets. And we're going to end this week in Disney History D-Heads with a lot, and I mean a lot, of birthdays this week around the Disney company. We're going to start out our birthday list this week with Colin Campbell, who you may know as the voice of Mole in the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad being born. Moving on to Holly Hunter, who is the voice of Mrs. Incredible. Linda Larkin, the voice of Princess Jasmine herself. Christy Carlson Romano, the voice of Kim Possible. Matthew Broderick, of adult Simba fame, as well as Inspector Gadget and Ferris Bueller himself. Rosie O'Donnell, the voice of Turk in Disney's Tarzan. Disney animator Ub Iwerks, being born in Kansas City, Missouri. Sir Elton John himself being born. And we're going to end with the late Leonard Nimoy, Mr. Spock himself, who also played the king in Disney's Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something new maybe you didn't know. Feel free, as always, to email me at nathan at dizradio.com. I would love to hear from you and get some emails and fan mails going. As always, guys, have a great week and see you real soon.
Hi, this is Bill Farmer, the voice behind the characters Goofy, Pluto, and many of your other Disney favorites, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Surprised to see me here instead of Santa Claus? Well, I can't say that I blame you since it is Christmas here. Me? Just call me GB for now. Yep, I'm back in time, many Christmases ago. Right there in that very house is where our story begins, the story of the first Easter rabbit. And you know, we came within a hair's breadth, if you'll excuse the pun, of never having an Easter rabbit at all. Don't remember, do you? You know all about Christmas and Christmassy things. Like how Santa came to be, Frosty, and Rudolph, who guided the sleigh. But how about that rabbit who comes every Easter day? Start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk. Hey everyone, Cody here. It's time for another installment of the Hollywood Walk for this week, show number 142. We have this week's special guest, Randy Crane, author of Faith 
and the Magic Kingdom. And he'll be joining us in just a few minutes with Jonathan. But for this week, the week of Easter, I just wanted to share with you a couple of my fond memories and kind of what I do with my family this time of year around Easter. And just kind of wanted to see what uh, you all do around this time of year. And if you do anything special for Easter, uh, just, you know, feel free to drop me a line at Cody, C-O-D-Y, at DizRadio.com. I'd love to hear what the rest of you all do out there for Easter because we all know it's different for everyone and all around the world everyone's got something different so I mean right now let's see uh I've been, I've, I've seen it from both ends, Easter. I've been a part of it on both ends as a child and now as a father for five years. Um, I have a five-year-old right now. He'll be six in July, and I've got another one on the way. He should be arriving sometime in June. So right now I've only got one to worry about, one kid. But what we do here at my house is we we get the plastic eggs and we'll stuff those with some candy or some, you know, uh, you know dimes or quarters or something like that. And we'll hide those around the house. But we still do the dyeing of the hard-boiled eggs. We, we still do that, but we just kind of eat those throughout the week, you know, before Easter comes up. But we still do that tradition of, of coloring the eggs. And we've tried everything, you know. I think we're pretty much sticking with the original, you know, you put the little tablets in the vinegar and water and there you have it and you hold the egg in there but we also tried one year i remember there was it was on the internet and you you put a bunch of shaving cream on a table yeah you, you you put some plastic down for shaving cream and then you just put drops of food coloring everywhere and then you just roll the egg in that and it worked out pretty good for the free, first few eggs but after a while as you could maybe kind of guess is kind of the colors kind of start running and eventually we just ended up with brown eggs after a while so i don't know maybe we did it wrong who knows um, but that's what we do at my house. Sunday morning comes, kid wakes up, and he's got he's to gotta find the plastic eggs that we've hidden around the house. And once he's finished all that, dress up in the Sunday best and you, uh, head off to church and go to the Easter sermon. That's kind of what we do here in my house, and that's what I did as a child. Except with my parents, it was a little different. We, did, we dyed the eggs, you know, the hard-boiled eggs. Uh, but then my parents would actually hide those hard-boiled eggs, not the plastic ones like we do here. And we had to find those, and again, once those were found, you know, we had a little goodie in our basket, you know, every so often we had, like, a little toy, if you will. I remember one year, um, sticks out the most for me for Easter's, I remember I got my first baseball glove, so that was the coolest thing ever for me back then. That's the one that really stands out for my childhood, and so that was a lot of fun. The reason why we don't do plastic, or the, excuse me, the hard-boiled eggs at my house now is my wife brought up a very good point, and that is what happens if you lose count of how many hard-boiled eggs, you know, that you hid? You know, who knows that uh, maybe someone didn't eat some or you just miscalculated or you forgot about the one that was cracked and you threw out, I don't know. Or what happens if, you know, he's, the child says they collected them all and you count them, but what happens if you count one twice? And lo and behold, there's still one sitting behind a couch for a couple weeks. And I think we all know what kind of happens after after that. It's not too pleasant. <laughs> um, so that's why the tradition in my family has changed just a little bit from when I was a kid. But, you know, it's still fun. It's still great being with family. And that's what it's all about. After all, is you know, big on family here. And uh, that's that's what we do here at the house 
So that is my little Easter spiel for you all. And like I said, I'd love to hear what the rest of you out there do for Easter. So go ahead and drop me a line at Cody, C-O-D-Y, at DizRadio.com. And get ready. Jonathan's coming up with Randy Crane after this. You're supposed to be dead. Am I not? Hi, Musketeers. This is your friend Jimmy Dodd speaking. And this is where I'll be in person with all the Mouseketeers this Saturday. Yes, it's Disneyland, the happiest place on earth, the perfect place for your Easter vacation fun. Come out to Disneyland this Saturday and meet all Walt Disney's Mouseketeers in person. Big Musketeer Roy Williams will draw cartoons for you. You'll meet Annette, Cubby, Karen, Lonnie, and Bobby, and all the other Mouseketeers in person. Disneyland is Holidayland. It's open every day from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. So we'll see you at Disneyland in person this Saturday. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many times those are ones that are just right in your hands, in the palm of your hands. You're sitting in your bedroom, sitting in that little nook in the kitchen, maybe in the library, and you're just having those moments with the Magic Kingdom. And with us here this week to help us celebrate Easter and all the Easter fun that we're doing here this week here at the show, we have somebody that's an author. You also know him as a podcaster and so many other things. He's the author of Faith in the Magic Kingdom, as well as Once Upon Your Time. We have none other than author and podcaster Randy Crane here with us. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Thanks, Jonathan. I'm happy to be here. It is our pleasure having you on. You know, we always see you all around the boards and all around the Disney community. And of course, you know, writing those books and becoming an author. So I guess, um, you know, a little bit different since you're not in the uh, entertainment side. So I'm not going to say what led you down the path of being an actor. So I guess I got to change that up a bit. And uh, what kind of guided you into wanting to be an author? Well, I, I guess you, you could say that I'm sort of in the entertainment field because I hope the books are entertaining, but not in the traditional sense of entertainment, I guess. Uh, but to answer your question, it really started out just uh, the first book started out as kind of an idea of, hey, this is kind of an interesting, different way to look at Disneyland. And I've been going a lot. I've been an annual pass holder. By the time I started writing the book for probably 15 years, give or take a little bit. And honestly, you can only go to Disneyland so many times just to ride the rides, at least for me. You know, I was going every week. And I started looking deeper, looking harder at things. And as I started to kind of peel away some of those layers of the onion and get at the stories behind them, then, you know, connections just kind of started showing up. And uh, that's what I then took with the idea for the uh, for both books, actually, two different approaches. Uh, but basically the same mindset that came from that of just, hey, let's find something that really takes this to a new level, something other than just writing, rides, seeing shows. Definitely. You know, and with that, too, I mean, you went in such a completely different direction in going, you know, a little more spiritual for all of our listeners out there that, you know, go down the path of, you know, the spiritual, I guess, way and getting enlightened that way. Now, I guess what really drew you into finding the connections through your own spiritual life and, you know, the magic kingdom and kind of piecing these together, but also keeping keeping it very motivational for everybody as well? Yeah, uh, I was actually, at the time that I started writing the book, I was pretty well into my 
uh, Bible college career at what at the time was Pacific Christian College, which is right across the street from Cal State Fullerton, which is 15 or 20 minutes from Disneyland. So, you know, I was kind of right in the middle of all of this studying of spiritual things and studying the Bible and things like that. And then I was also, like I said, going to Disneyland basically every week, sometimes a couple times a week. And it was that exposure to both of those things that I started to just kind of see some of these connections. Uh, and it started out as just an idea for, hey, I've got a few of these. So really what I had done is uh, I proposed the idea to the pastor of the church I was going to as, you know, hey, I could do a sermon on these connections, figured, you know, I might get a 35, 40-minute message out of this, and that's about it. So I figured I'd just sit down and I would write whatever came to mind, whatever connections that immediately popped into my head, I would start with those. And then if I needed to add a little bit to get up to that 30 or 35 minutes, I would do that. Well, once I finished writing, I went through and I cut 75% of what I'd written, and I still had a 45-minute message. And I thought, you know, there might be something here. <laughs> and <laughs> and so then the more that I looked at the stories, sometimes it was the uh, source material for the stories that Disney told. Sometimes it was uh, something about the way that an attraction or a part of a land was designed. Sometimes it was uh, kind of the moral of the story, if you will, of the particular story that was being told, that those pieces all kind of started to come together. Uh, at the risk of over-spiritualizing it, there were definitely a few cases where, honestly, I think God just kind of dropped a connection in my lap, because as I was going back and editing this, I actually started it as a blog, and each entry in the book was a blog post first. And so as I was going back and compiling and editing all of this, I got to some of them and I went, that had to have come from somebody other than me because honestly, that's a really good connection there. And I am not smart enough to have come up with that one on my own. <laughs> well, you know, and with that too, having so much material, and like you said, you know, you know, going down that spiritual path. Now, of course, that is completely different. There's hundreds and hundreds of Disney books out there and, you know, a variety of different authors, everything from you know, wisdom of Walt and so many different things. I guess, you know, yours is completely different. It's unique. And I guess uh, with that, uh, how, I guess, how receptive has everybody been to it, especially people who aren't Christian? Have they really been enjoying the book as well? You know, I was honestly kind of surprised at how much they have. Uh, when I wrote it, obviously I intended it with a specifically Christian audience, but knowing that it would have somewhat of a broader application. But I also knew that it was going to be a challenge because uh, faith can be a very personal thing, and we tend to not want other people to you know, kind of intrude in that, if you will. And so that's one of the reasons that I really emphasized the Disney part of it at the beginning of almost all of these entries. The Disney part is an integral part of each one, but usually it starts with that because I figured that's something that even if somebody doesn't care about the spiritual part, they can at least read it and learn something about Disneyland and learn to appreciate that more. And, in fact, as I was uh, getting endorsements for the book, one of the people that agreed to do, uh, to do an endorsement for me was Lee Cockerell, who was former uh, vice, vice president, or senior vice president of uh, Walt Disney World Resort. 
uh, executive vice president. That was his title. And he said, uh, no matter what your faith is, you will find faith in the Magic Kingdom interesting, educational, and inspirational. And it was when I saw that endorsement that I thought, you know, there really is kind of a broader appeal to this. Obviously, it's going to appeal most to someone who shares a similar worldview to the one I wrote it from, but it's not exclusive to that. Uh, and I have had people, uh, including one person in particular that comes to mind, who was one of my early readers, and she said that her husband isn't really that much of a Disney fan or a Christian. He really has no interest in spiritual things, and he's not that much of a Disney fan. But she left the book on the coffee table one day, and when she uh, had come back into the room, he was sitting there reading the book, and he ended up reading the whole thing and absolutely loved it. It taught him about both of those things. So I, I was really pleased with that uh, you know, that connection that it had. But it's also been a little difficult because people aren't used to looking at the parks and then taking that home with them. Like you mentioned, this is a pretty unique approach. Part of it is the spiritual uh, portion that's unique. But part of it is most of these books that are out there are people who are writing about kind of bringing something into the park, bringing a perspective to Disneyland, uh, bringing new eyes, uh, looking for details to Walt Disney World, uh, you know, bringing these kinds of things, uh, you know, but not really taking something from the park out to then apply to life. We apply life to the park, not so much the park to life. And most of the ones that do apply something from Disney to daily life, it's not Disneyland or a Disney Park specific thing. It is, you know, The Wisdom of Walt, which is a very good book, but it's just as much about Walt Disney as it is about Disneyland. Or Lee Cockrell's books, like, you know, Creating Disney Magic, Time Management Magic, which is Disney principles, but not things specifically from the Disney parks. This is, you know, my book is very much, you can go into the park, you know, into Disneyland with the book, read something, look at the thing you're reading about, and then make the connection. Well, and I think that's what really is the important part, is everybody being able to go in there, make that connection, you know, no matter what, and really maybe pull something from it, something inspirational. Now, with that, going into the park and, you know, going into Disneyland, is there any one of those, uh, you know, portions of your books or parts that is still your favorite, um, you know, with the attraction or the or the way it was connected that is still your your absolute favorite part of the entire book? That's a really tough question. Uh, simply because, you know, not because I think that I'm just so amazing and everything I wrote is wonderful. Uh, frankly, I do think that sometimes. <laughs> that's kind of, I think, an occupational hazard of authors. If we didn't think what we wrote was pretty good, we wouldn't write it to begin with. Um, but there's a lot in here. I literally hit every single attraction that existed at the time the book was written, towards the end of 2013. Uh, so there's more than a hundred specific for lack of a better term, after a couple of years, I still haven't found a better term than this. Uh, more than a hundred entries, uh, that connect to these different pieces. So it's hard to choose, you know, one or two out of more than a hundred. But if I had to narrow it down at least somewhat, I think that I would probably narrow it down to, uh, at least fantasy land. And then specifically some of the things that people are less aware of. 
in Fantasyland. Like, there's some pretty good stuff, I think, with the the main attractions that people know. You know, Snow White, Scary Adventure, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, the Carousel, Dumbo, all those kinds of things. But I've got one in there about um, Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough and talking about how it's uh, kind of a not just a, a good fairy tale that has an you know, a nice ending, but it actually is a great parallel to an Old Testament story and to a New Testament story. And then uh, another piece of that, in basically the same geographic area, is the, quote, Golden Spike, which for a long time the urban legend, uh, which was even promoted officially within the company, was that that spot was the exact geographic center of Disneyland on the day it opened which it wasn't. It never was. It isn't now. But it was talked about for a long time. Thankfully, that's no longer the official story. But I even wrote about that spike and how the confusion that people have about what its purpose is uh, kind of applies also to some of the confusion we have when we take something that has a purpose but isn't the most important thing and make it the center of our lives. Well, you know, and I think that happens with so many different people, and that's a great way of looking at it, too, because, you know, everybody has these moments in their lives where it becomes this central focus. It becomes what we're driven on, and then we're almost clouded and hazed by what it, the true meaning is or what we're actually supposed to be looking for, you know, in the, in the long run. Right. And, you know, and if someone's listening and they're not a Christian, that, you know, God or Jesus is not what should be at the, you know, what they consider or believe should be at the center of their lives. There's something that should be, whatever that may be. And so even though I specifically write it as this is, you know, where the focus should be, take that and if that doesn't, you know, fit your worldview, apply what does. You know, what's getting in your way? Is it work? Is it a hobby? Is it games? Whatever it may be. What's in the center that shouldn't be? And what do you need there instead to have a more properly and healthy, balanced, and uh, focused life? Definitely. You know, and like you said, too, somebody can take anything away from it, whether you're a Christian or not. It's no different than, you know, reading a book about Buddha. It's just one of those you can sit down, you can read from it, and you can learn from it, even if it isn't part of your belief. Now, with that, uh, you know, with this book, you know, it's been well-received. You know, many reviews online I've seen as well. Have you ever had anybody approach you out of the blue where you were just shocked that, wow, this person actually has read my book, and you were more amazed at, about the person who read the book more than your book made it to them. <laughs> yeah, actually I have. And it wasn't a famous person per se, but it really showed me the geographic reach of what I had written. I was talking to someone who, um, and one of the, and many more things that you had mentioned in the intro that I do is that I'm an, uh, also a travel agent that specializes in Disney travel. And we had an agent education program, and our uh, district sales manager that was leading this, uh, this training, as we're talking at lunch on that first day, and somebody in the group had mentioned that I'd written a book, so I showed it to her, and she looked at it for a second, and she said, I just saw that book last Sunday. I was visiting Walt Disney World, and I was going to church back there, and somebody back there 
had a copy of this book that they showed to me and said, you need to read this. So <laughs> suddenly there was somebody that I have no idea who they were in Orlando that had a copy of this book and showed to this person that I saw a week later. That blew me away. <laughs> now with this, you know, you know, connecting things up, of course, Easter and I guess shying away from the book. Is there, you know, now that you are a father, you know, I myself, I say it on the show all the time, I'm a father of four and many of my team has children as well. And now you're a father, I guess, uh, how is Easter going to change for you coming up? Um, I'm not 100% sure yet, actually. We're only a couple days away from it, but my daughter's going to be a year old like the week after Easter this year. So we're kind of just seeing how these last couple of weeks of her first year goes. She won't remember really anything different from this first Easter, but we know that we're going to be with our family. We're probably going to focus a little bit more on like an Easter egg hunt or something like that. Of course, by Easter egg hunt for an 11 and a half month old, that means I'm going to carry her around the backyard and she's going to pick up pretty colored things. <laughs> But, you know, I think it'll be fine. Uh, last year, for our very first Easter, she was two days old. And we skipped church Easter Sunday last year. You know, we had just come home from the hospital. Uh, actually, she was three days old. I take that back. And so we just hung out at home. And, you know, in our pajamas, she was just kind of laying there. And so we were all talking and kind of playing with her a little bit. I was reading to her. And then we had pizza uh, delivered for dinner. And just completely low key that day. This year's going to be quite different, but I don't really know what shape it's going to take yet. <laughs> well, you know, when they're at that age, like you said, she may not remember it, but that take that doesn't. Uh, I, I like to tell everybody that doesn't take away from the expression, the feelings that she's going to be feeling and showing you at this moment. Exactly. That's the whole reason she's been to Disneyland several times. She won't remember it, but we do, and. You know, all the cool stuff that she's not going to remember but means something to us is why I have something like 2,700 pictures from her first year. <laughs> well, and she's experiencing it right now, too. She may not remember it, but right now inside, she's excited, she's experiencing it, and she's loving it right now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, you know, Easter's in the wing, of course, you know, many things. I could always talk about passing things on to your children. Of course, Rankin and Bass classics like uh, Here Comes uh, Here uh, Easter Bunny's Coming to Town, Here Comes Peter Cottontail, uh, you know, Burl Ives and the First Easter Rabbit. I could go on and on with great Easter stuff. But coming all the way back around, your book Faith in the Magic Kingdom seems timely and fitting, of course, with Easter right up around the corner. You know, fantastic read. And I guess with that, is there any plans for a follow-up book like, you know, Faith in Epcot Center looking into the future or Faith in Hollywood Studios, the the magic of everything? You know, is there anything that we, we might be able to see? You know, I've kicked some ideas around and uh, the main one that's come to mind is actually not looking forward, but looking back. As much as I would love to do something like a, you know, Faith in the Magic Kingdom that focused on Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom or Faith in Epcot or something like that. It's not in my backyard like Disneyland is. I live seven miles from Disneyland. So, I, you know, research trips are pretty easy. Research trips to Epcot, a little <laughs> bit more difficult. Um, but what I've thought about doing is looking at past attractions at Disneyland, uh, kind of the Yesterland approach from, you know, kind of from Werner Weiss's website, and look at things that used to be there and aren't anymore, but draw the same kind of connections. 
Uh, and I've also been kicking around ever since the D23 Expo last year something, I haven't come up with a good name or anything like that for it, but something that's a similar approach but related to the Silly Symphonies. That would be a nice confined group, 75 Silly Symphonies. Do a little bit about the music itself, a little bit about the story of the Silly Symphony, and then the connection uh, to the story with some kind of uh, faith principle. Definitely. You know, and it's it's a good way to tie things together, still keeping it with Disney. And of course, you know, with that, you're never slowing down because you still have your very own show that you always have as well, your own podcast. If you want to let any of our listeners in on that, you know, who may not have uh, discovered it yet. Yeah, actually, I'd be happy to. Thanks for the opportunity to do that. Uh, it's called Stories of the Magic. And kind of like your show, although without all of the amazing extra things and the amazing team that you have, uh, for your show, it is an interview-based show. So it's anybody that, you know, originally it was anybody that had worked for the Disney company. It wasn't confined to just the parks or, uh, you know, animation or something like that. It's any division of the company anywhere where we get to talk about some of their stories, why they wanted to do what they did, what they loved most about it, special, fun, interesting stories that they have, those kinds of things. And then I have since expanded it to include people who have not worked for Disney but who love Disney so much that they've done something significant uh, related to it. For example, they've written a book or they've produced an album. I had Tom Amin on not very long ago talking about his Disney music and you know, the albums that he's put out for that. But then I've had people like Bob Gurr and um, Rolly Crump and Margaret Carey. So I've got, you know, kind of the Disney legend group. Uh, I've had Laura Dickinson on a couple of times who, if you've watched Phineas and Ferb or Sophia the First, you know her voice because she is the principal female vocalist uh, aside from the main character. So any of the songs, background vocals, that kind of thing, you know, that's pretty much her. And she performed in the parks for a while, uh, for, you know, a good number of years, actually, at Disney California Adventure. Uh, most recently, the uh, episodes that were just released were uh, a two-part interview with Bill Farmer. It was actually a follow-up interview with him where we got to talk a lot about uh, some of the Disney stuff. The first one that we did, we talked more about some of the stuff kind of outside of Disney. Uh, but this one, we really delved in a lot more to the Disney stuff, including uh, a toy that he had done a voice for where that sang Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And he told me about having to custom record the first line of that because it was being sold in a, like a kiosk where you could pick your child's name. And then it was this goofy doll that would sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game with your child's name. And having to do that a couple thousand times, just that first line over and over again. But then, you know, it's not all the big name people that I have. So the next episode that will be out in a couple of weeks uh, is a woman named Amanda who was an entertainment host at Disneyland. Um, those are the people who are like the character attendants. And they, you know, they're the ones that come out and make sure that the line is in order and you know, get people up to meet the characters and all that kind of thing. And she had some really great stories, and her love of Disney just bubbled over. It was so much fun to talk to her. 
So kind of I run that whole spectrum there, but it's all interviews and it's all their stories as, you know, of what their connection to Disney means to them and why it's so important to them. Definitely. You know, it's a fantastic show. Great interviews. You know, I've listened to it for a long time. Like I said, you and I have known each other for, you know, some time now. So a lot of great stuff on there. And I guess, you know, with that and, you know, wrapping things up here, Easter, everyone has to get to, you know, dying eggs, getting the Cadbury's, you know, whatever else we need to do. Maybe, uh, you know, get ready for the Easter Bunny that won last time or maybe Sunday services. But I guess in closing, you know, Faith in the Magic Kingdom, um, everything that you're working on, maybe a new book in the works. Is there anything you want to leave out there for anybody listening in who's either just discovering your, you know, your fantastic books for the first time or anybody that's a fan of yours that already listens to you and knows of your books and they're just tuning in because they're a fan? Is there anything you want to leave out there for uh, final words from Randy? You know, I think what I would have to say is, um, first of all, keep looking for magic and interpret that word however you want to, but keep looking for the spark, the thing that makes life not just worth living, but makes life you know, really worth embracing and uh, you know, kind of taking things to another level. Beyond that, I also want to say open your eyes, and by that I mean Look for these connections in whatever area is important to you. Obviously, for me, I went to Bible college. I spent a lot of time doing that. spent a lot of money doing that. <laughs> but that's something that was really important to me. Disney can connect with so many parts of your life. Uh, I do have a second book called Once Upon Your Time that you mentioned in the intro, and it's a much shorter book, and it's seven time management principles based on some, you know, one thing from each of the seven original lands of Disneyland, kind of the main entrance, main street, and then, you know, kind of branching on from there. And so it's not just faith principles you can find. It could be time management. It could be money management. It could be relationships, whatever it is. But if Disney is something that's important to you, there are ways that it can enrich other parts of your life besides just enjoying Disney for what it is. If that's all you want to do, great. But I really encourage you to open your eyes and look for those things that can take it and bring it into your life in a way that enriches all parts of it. Fantastic. I mean, one of those things that I think everybody can take something from, definitely words of wisdom. Well, it was our pleasure having you stop in here. You know, our Easter show, you know, your first, I guess your first real Easter with your daughter. I mean, second, but your first real Easter, that's going to change things up and so much more. But all of our listeners out there, definitely check out Randy's books, Once Upon Your Time, Faith in the Magic Kingdom. Check out his show, Stories of the Magic. And uh, you're always welcome back anytime, Randy. And, uh, you know, have a fantastic Easter. Thanks, Jonathan.
everyone a very happy Easter. It's always a fun time of year with spring in the air and the flowers blooming. Hope everyone has fun hunting up those Easter eggs and enjoying dinner with friends and family. Here's hoping the Easter Bunny's good to you and happy Easter, D-Heads. You've toiled. I will see you with attention. You've trudged. Let's go! You've even tried interpretive dance. That was just very disturbing. Go see a counselor. Someday, it's time. Everything changes. To take a break. Sound exciting? Inviting. Let's do it then. When you catch the Disney Channel Spring Break sing-along. How cool is that? And we're taking you from the surf. With the Disney Channel Spring Break Sing Along. Sunday starting at 3 2 Central on Disney Channel. Hi, this is Jerry Mathers, the Beaver from Leave It to Beaver, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter. EC-82 Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down here to the vault where the Easter Bunny always leaves the good candy. Happy Easter, D-heads! Or if you don't celebrate Easter, happy spring! Either greeting means a joyous welcome to the days of getting longer, the temperatures getting warmer, and the necessity to start cutting the grass. Again. But before you put on your new dress for that special Sunday, or you just want to get out like the Banks children and fly a kite, why don't we take a little time to slow down and enjoy the finer things in life? Yep, 
That's right, let's watch a movie. I'm going to be quick for this week because it's too nice to be indoors, so I'm bringing out one of my favorite springy kind of films today. The 1949 delightful classic, So Dear to My Heart. Lavender's blue, dilly dilly. Last week I took you on a trip to the great state of Kansas. This week our whirlwind bus tour is on a roll to Indiana. Home of the 500, Notre Dame, and the birthplace of me! Okay, I'll throw Purdue in for Paige and Caitlin, but this only means I can throw in St. Joe for good measure. Go Pumas! Anyway, meet Jeremiah Kincaid of Fulton Corners, Indiana. This hard-working farm boy and his best friend, Tildy, live the good life, fun and fancy-free. Oh, wait, that's another movie. Anyway, Dan Patches is coming to town. Who's Dan Patches? Why, he's the most revered horse in all of northern Indiana. See, great things come from northern Indiana. Before Dan can go or do anything, he needs to be shooed. Thank goodness the best blacksmith in town, Uncle Hiram Douglas, played by the immortal Burl Ives, Yes, Sam the Snowman is in town. Jeremiah takes the old nail from Dan, makes it a ring, and declares that he wants a colt of his own that will be just as great as Dan Patches. His granny, whom he lives with, thinks his dream is just that, a silly daydream, and quickly dismisses it. There will be no colt on my farm. I bet she wouldn't say that if she met Peyton Manning. Rather than completely destroying his dreams, she allows him to keep a newborn black lamb. Because lambs and horses are just one and the same. The lamb and Jeremiah share much in common, namely both being orphans. He names the lamb Danny after Dan Patches, hoping he will be a champion just like his namesake. Here's where the fun begins. Jeremiah keeps a scrapbook of the great things Danny does. This is where Jeremiah begins daydreaming again, thinking the wise old owl, you know, the bank's mascot, comes to life and tells him to do his best. I don't see anything wrong with this. Pinocchio had Jiminy Cricket. Dumbo has Timothy. Oh, wait. Did I forget to mention this film is a really different film in that it mixes live action and animation? Well, now you know. Time marches on and Danny grows up, but he's still a kid at heart, getting into all sorts of trouble. Get it? Goat? kid. Okay, he's a lamb in all fairness, and besides, who isn't just a kid in a grown-up's body? Granny and the others are not going to take this. Danny ruins the screen door at home, raises a fuss, and breaks out another screen door at the general store. What does this poor little lamb have against screens? Later, Uncle Hiram tells Jeremiah about the Pike County sheep judging contest. This is the perfect place to show that Danny is a champion. Back on the farm, it seems that Granny feels that Jeremiah is too focused on Danny, making him disobedient, and that if Danny does anything else bad, she's selling the lamb. Sure enough, Danny is scared by an oncoming train whistle and destroys yet another screen door. That's it. The lamb is lamb chops now, and he will be leaving the farm the next morning. Now, taking care of Danny is a family thing. Uncle Hiram builds a new pen and helps in convincing Granny to have Danny stay as well as go to the fair. Granny's okay with him staying, for now, but fears the cost alone for the trip would be a fortune. Jeremiah is heartbroken. The wise old owl comes back to Jeremiah at his time of need and encourages him 
to have some stick to -ativity. This was the encouragement he needed, and over the next few months, tries to earn enough money to make the trip, but he only earns $2.14. Mr. Grundy, the storekeeper, offers to help pay for the trip, but he needs something in return. Wild honey, which is a little bit different than Tupelo honey. The only problem, the best place to find this honey is in a very treacherous swamp. Me, I would just have to say no thank you, but Tildy and Jeremiah move on. Their persistence pays off to the large sum of $22. Ecstatic, Jeremiah heads back home, only to discover that both Danny and Tildy are missing. Tildy returns, but without Danny. Determined, Jeremiah goes back out to find his one true possession. He finds the lamb, but at a price. Jeremiah tells Granny that he made a promise with God. If he helps him find Danny, Jeremiah and Danny will not go to the fair. In a twist of fate, Granny too made a promise with God, stating that they would go to the fair only if Danny would return safely. It's time for the fair. Cotton candy, corn on the cob, that fresh manure smell. Jeremiah walks Danny into the ring for judging. Danny is the only black lamb. And Jeremiah, the youngest handler. And the head judge, well, he just chuckles of Danny's story. You know, where he got his name and all. It seems Danny is not going to take any of this either and butts the judge when he bends over. And Jeremiah is completely heartbroken when the blue ribbon is awarded to another lamb. And who wouldn't? The judge does stop Jeremiah later and tells him that Danny is a class by himself. Because he's done the best with what he has, the judge awards Jeremiah a special award of merit, which makes everyone proud, including Granny, who tearfully applauds her grandson and Danny. Back in Fulton Corners, the townspeople welcome Jeremiah and Danny. So much so, the entire town celebrates with soda and watermelon. This isn't the first time we've seen a mixture of live action and animation from the Walt Disney Company. Fun and Fancy Free has a small bit of it in which Willie the Giant makes his grand debut. Of course, Song of the South integrates it even more. It's this special heartfelt film that seems to put me in that springtime of mind. Sure, it takes me back to my roots back at home in Indiana. Okay, so I didn't live back then, but it does show that sometimes we Indiana boys really do love the simple life. No Blu-ray has been released of this film yet. I am hoping for one soon, but you can find many DVD versions of this as well. It is a great film to add to your collection. You're going to love listening to Lavender Blue, which, by the way, was an Academy-nominated song. It unfortunately did lose, but the fact of the matter is that it shows Disney still holds true to their musical roots, even today. So I'm going to file this one under L for Lavender Blue Dilly 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 Dilly, and I'm going to see you again next week with a new blue for you to view here in the vault. I hope your eggs and your chocolates are delicious, and if you can't get enough and need more Disney On Demand, join me back on Monday for a Monday movie memory where I'll show you a little bit of what Danny means to me. Still jonesing for more, wanna talk movies? Connect with any of us at the D-Team, 
at disradio.com or drop me an email down here. It sure does get lonely down in the vault. Jason at disradio.com. We're all a big family down here, so join ours. So until then, gang, remember, the magic of Disney movies is always a woolly lamb and always deep inside of you. Walt Disney's Disneyland. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. Each week as you enter this timeless land, one of these many worlds will open to you. Fantasyland, the happiest kingdom of them all. Tomorrowland, promise of things to come. Adventureland, the wonder world of nature's own realm. Frontierland, tall tales and true from the legendary past. And this week from Frontierland, presenting the story, So Dear to My Heart. Here in his studio library is Walt Disney. It was not so long ago, 50 years or so, that much of America was still frontier country. There were only a few big cities. It was still a nation of townships, villages, and farms. Many of them only recently claimed from forest and plains. From this latter-day frontier, from the tales still told by our own parents and grandparents, has come a rich and glowing treasure of childhood memories. Now, our story begins in this era, in a place called Pike County, Indiana. The greatest wealth a man may acquire is the wisdom he gains from living. And sometimes out of the small beginnings come the forces that shape a whole life. Hey there, D-Heads. Paige here on the beach of the Grand Floridian with a special Easter magical music review. I know we're still a few days until reaching Easter on the calendar, but we are already celebrating here at Diz Radio. When thinking of Easter, a lot of times bunnies will come to mind. So my cousin Christian suggested we take a look at Disney's newest bunny. This bunny has been on the big screen along with her best friend Fox for a few weeks now. No, no, not Skippy and Robin Hood. A few less weeks than that. I'm talking about Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde, who are the stars of Disney Animation Studios' latest hit, Zootopia. Debuting in theaters on March 4th of this year, the citizens of Zootopia have become a major success, beating Frozen in the opening box office, claiming the title for biggest opening for a Disney animated film, and claiming the title for biggest opening of an animated film overall. The score for the film was composed by Disney and film score veteran Michael Giacchino. Mr. Giacchino's credits include the newest Star Trek films and Super 8. His Disney credits include the 2010 score for Space Mountain in the Magic Kingdom, Sky High, The Incredibles, Ratatouille, Up, Cars 2, Tomorrowland, Inside Out, How to Hook Up Your Home Theater, Prep and Landing in its sequel, and The Ballad of Nessie. While Mr. Giacchino has worked clearly with Disney before, this was his first full-length animated film with Walt Disney Animation Studios, with the other full-length films being under Pixar and Walt Disney Pictures. And now I have jibber-jabbered enough, so let's get on to the music. I have our selections queued up and ready to go, so let's waste no time. Climb on the train, pop in your earbuds, and follow me to the music from Walt Disney Animation Studios' 55th animated feature, Zootopia. Zootopia. 
A lot of the music in this film is light and upbeat. Jumbo Pop Hustle is no exception. Now, I'm going to try my absolute best to not spoil anything as I know the movie is still very new so not everyone has had a chance to make it to the theater. But I will mention that when Judy Hopps meets Nick Wilde, it's over a Jumbo Pop. Basically a very large popsicle, or popsicle. Utilizing various forms of percussion, flutes, and a guitar, the song has a groove. It has some elements of mystery, which adds to the hustle in the title of the piece. It is still very light in sound, so you can tell that while something shady is happening, it's nothing dark. It's an interesting little tune that I think you have to try to be down while listening to. It just makes you happy and kind of bob along with the rhythm. I'm not really going to say anything about the scene this piece comes from. I will tell you that you fell for it is at the end of the film and that Nick and Judy are a part of it. The piece is a lot darker than our previous selection, indicating the arrival of Disney's latest final battle scene. Violins are heavy throughout the piece, being joined by the lower voices in the orchestra, piano, and trumpets with mutes to add to the intensity. The volume continues to build as we reach the climax of the scene. Halfway through, though, we shift back into the similar groove from the Jumbo Pop Hustle with our guitar, keyboard, and percussion. From here, you can probably guess whatever was going to happen has gone down, and it's resolved in the way it should be, with Judy and Nick wrapping up the case in a neat little bow. What I love about this piece is how well it builds up the tension and seriousness of the situation and then seamlessly transitions into the groove that's pretty evident throughout the entire film.
Now, for our last number, I have the song that we've all been getting familiar with from the trailers. Disney has a long history of teaming up with popular musical artists, and in Zootopia, we find Shakira taking the lead as Gazelle with the song Try Everything. Definitely a pop song with percussion and guitar and synthesizers throughout the piece. The song has a great beat from the very beginning. The lyrics for the song are very empowering, encouraging the listener to try anything and everything that they want and to not be discouraged by failure or the possibility of failure. The entire song was released as a single in February of this year in anticipation for the film's release and has since been added to the full soundtrack. And now I will stop talking and let Gazelle take over. say goodbye. I hope you've all enjoyed another Magical Music Review, and thanks for coming back every week to Diz Radio. We wouldn't have Disney On Demand if it wasn't for you, D-Heads. Feel free to connect with us all here on the D-Team in the D-Wire discussion page on Facebook, and with me with any comments, suggestions, or questions at page at DizRadio.com. That's P-A-I-G-E at DizRadio.com. Have a fabulous rest of your week and a lovely Easter, D-Heads, and until next time, see ya! Try everything Dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kirk.
right down that Well, we had a great Easter parade here today. And now our entire Disney cast is joining us in a very special Easter finale. It's Paige from the Magical Music Review. Now, we've all talked Easter before. If you've been around for the last few years, you know that I love this time of year. Not only are our flowers beginning to bloom and the weather is starting to warm up, but we celebrate the rising of Jesus. We all know the story and we all have our own traditions. For some, it's an Easter egg hunt every year to see what the Easter Bunny left. Others, it might be going to that earlier church service held outside to watch the sun and the sun rise. And some spend the day in a different location every year. I know I'm not always home in Illinois for Easter since spring break in my hometown typically lines up with Easter, but I always spend it with family. Last year, mom, dad, and my sister were out of town, but I wasn't going to spend Easter at school. So I went home and I stayed with one of my dearest friends so that I could attend church with my church family and with my koinonia. And koinonia is something I wanted to mention. Koinonia is more than just the name of my youth group back at home. The word koinonia is Greek and appears in the Bible 20 times. It means fellowship and spiritual family and indicates a relationship between people who have a deep participation in each other. When Christians come together in love, faith, and encouragement, they have found the essence of koinonia. When I found my group, I hadn't been in a youth group in almost a year. It's now been four years since I joined, and I thank God every day for that blessing. 
I have grown so much in my faith and as a person, and I have this fantastic core base of people to grow in fellowship and grow in our walks with God together. And having been able to celebrate the rebirth of him with these people, this family, this koinonia, was a true blessing. This group is from a different church from my home church, but I guess what I want to point out in this all is that even if we're coming from different denominations, we're still celebrating the same one this coming Sunday. We are all celebrating the rising of Jesus, and we have all shared the blessing that he died for our sins so that we may be given the chance to continue our walks with him and someday join him in heaven. So no matter where you are this Easter and no matter who you are with, be it at your home church, your friend's church, or even down in the most magical place on earth, give thanks and praise for the one who saved us all. Find your koinonia and celebrate that he has risen. Happy Easter, D-Heads. It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, D-Head, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed our Easter edition here at the show. Lots of fun things, taking you down that trip of memories, back to the days when they actually televised real parades at Disney, not just, uh, you know, musical guests and more. But I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the talented author Randy Crane, podcaster, and more for stopping in here at the show. Be sure to check out all of Randy's works, Faith in the Magic Kingdom, Once Upon Your Time, as well as his podcast. So thank you, Randy, once again for stopping in. And I know you're not slowing down. I'm holding out, possibly, for those research trips for a book dedicated to Epcot. You know, I just think it would be a good one. I'd also like to thank the D-Team. No show would be complete without that team. So I extend a very special thank you to Aaron, Cody, Nathan, Jason, and Paige, all for stopping in here this week with their signature segments and adding that Easter cheer for all of you D-Heads out there. Remember to connect up with the D-Team on our official website. And finally, I want to thank you, the D-Heads. You are the reason that we've been coming at you for the last six years. You're the reason that, you know, we come and bring this lifetime of memories from your lifetime of Disney. You're the reason that we do this show, and we're so humbled that we can help you take that trip through your childhood, your adulthood, and your parenting, I guess, hood, you know, and bring this magic to you. So thank you, the D-Heads, for keeping us here for the last six years and still going strong. Now, before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in here next week and letting you get to all of your Easter celebrations, dying those eggs, and so much more, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook as well. You can also join our Facebook discussion group, the D-Wire Disney Discussion Group. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Just search Disney On Demand. Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, all of which are going to help you find our fun, quirky, unique little show. And remember, if you want to get the latest shows on your mobile device, your Android, your tablet, you name it, you can always subscribe and get the latest shows right there to listen to through iTunes and Stitcher Radio. It's that simple. Go there, subscribe, and get the latest shows as they're released for you to enjoy and have a little bit of magic 
for your ears early on in the week. And remember, you can find all of these links and more right on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z radio.com. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, we hope you enjoyed our Easter show. You're going to make those memories here this weekend. Dye some Easter eggs. The Easter bunny is coming. Go to those services. You name it. Whatever you do for Easter, make it magical this weekend. And next week, you're going to have to get ready for a lot of different things. Think Wacky Families. Think shrink rays and think lots of adventures. That's going to clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in next week, all of you D heads. So until then, as I always say every single week here at the show, slow down, take time, and never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you D heads, I'll see you online. Make the magic and happy Easter. It's going to be one heck of a jolly holiday. All that it takes is a spark, then something. Plain as a park becomes a wonderland. All you have to do is look anew, then you'll understand why it's a jolly holiday with Mary. Mary makes your heart so light. Oh, really? When the day is grey and ordinary, Mary makes the sun shine bright. You do talk nonsense, Bert. Oh, happiness is blooming all around her. The daffodils are smiling at the dark. I haven't the faintest idea what you're when talking Mary about. When Mary holds your hand, you feel so grand. Your heart starts beating like a big brass band. You've got enough brass for all of us. Oh, it's a jolly holiday with Mary. No wonder that it's Mary that we love. Come along, you two. Bullwing, just like other nannies. Thinking pugs are good for us. It's just statues, ducks and grannies. I don't understand all the fuss. Is she doing it to spite us? We could lose her for a luck. She seems so different, but I bet she's not. There is nothing to excite us in the park. Who are you? I'm Neelius, and I thought Mary Poppins would never let me get down from this plinth. Ain't it a glorious sight? Rise a morning in May. I feel like I could fly. Ever seen the grass so green? Oh, but for a blue sky. Oh, it's a jolly holiday with Mary. Bad days I've never known. You can ask the passing statuary. Nothing's ever set in stone. You're looking tip-top from top to toe, if I may say so. Thank you, Bert. And you may. Do you think Neelius is looking a bit timid today? No. Why? I knew him when he was a little bolder. A little bolder. <laughs> 
To see a statue dance like that, you can't believe your eyes. You fear you've lost your marbles, though the thinker thinks you're wise. So you should hasten, call a mason, tell him what you've seen. If he knows his craft, you'll think you're daft, but we'll know what you mean. Alarm and I've me own hunch. Why? Those gargoyles need a gargle, cause their throats get rather dry. And just between us, I know Venus has a vice that shocks. She often drinks with a sphinx who winks. It's neat and on the rocks. <laughs> Born to take a promenade in the park With those finely chiselled features You can look down from above Each man out with his dog Will stand agog To see a statue take a gentle jog It's, it's no, no wonder that it's Mary That we love It's a jolly holiday with you, Bert Gentlemen like you are few Though you're just a diamond in the rough, Bert Underneath your blood is Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.